0: Viewer discretion is advised. Hi everyone, welcome to Yumi and the Killer. Episode 18, hosted by Renaud. And Eileen. Who are we talking about in this episode? H.H. Holmes. <laughs> yes. Um, He's very interesting, if you ask me. <laughs> and, located in our hometown for a moment... <laughs> He was, and that's where he did the uh, hotel where he killed a lot of his victims. Yes, the murder. Spoiler castle. alert! <laughs> a little teaser about H. H. Holmes was that he was a very monstrous individual. He had very fucked up thoughts of the world, and he. I'm gonna leave you guys with a, a little bit of a quote from him. This is according to Biography.com. He said, I was born with a devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to a song, nor the ambition of an intellectual man to be great. The inclination to murder came to me as naturally as the inspiration to do the right comes to the majority of persons. Isn't that so scary? Yes. I, when I... Saw that quote, I was bewildered by his insight. But I call it, I think he is a really good example of a sociopath. H.H. Holmes was born on May 16th, 1861, and he's a Taurus, which are known to be reliable, stable, and hard headed. Very hard headed. <laughs> That's for sure. He actually was originally named. Herman Webster Muggett, and was born in New Hampshire. Okay. He grew up in a very affluent family. He had a very privileged childhood and was said to be unusually intelligent for his age. Mm. However, he also had a very abusive father because he was an alcoholic. And he got bullied at school a lot for being a little bit, you know, different. That's so sad. Yeah. He had all the little nitpicks of what, you know, as we've seen, like the soup to create a serial killer. He lived in an abusive household. And I did not mention, but he also liked to play and kill with dead animals oh my god mm-hmm. and that's definitely something that we do see a lot with with these murderers is that they experiment with it with animals yes he was fascinated with skulls and death and i remember uh, reading this story but I'm not too clear on it. It was from history.com. And they said that he he was actually terrified of doctors. So his parents locked him up with a doctor. So that he would get over that fear of going to see the you know, town doctor. And I was like, that's really weird. And also, allegedly, he ended up killing one of his childhood friends. So he was a very interesting man growing up. However, he was very known to be very fashionable, bright, and likable. He was super charming, which is why he was able to get away with so many things for so long and able to succeed so far in life. And he got married and divorced multiple times throughout his life. I think, you know, hearing all of that, referring back to your earlier comment, as again, once again, as a reader, yeah. not a professional, because I'm not a professional, I would say that he definitely fits the psychopath's description, as in the charming part, the part where. I mean, his background is not that, that hard. Would you, would you agree with me? I mean, he did get bullied and had an abusive father, but I still think that's pretty, pretty bad. Yes. Okay, so I think he's a psychopath because we can see that he gets very far in life. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, he had to bring people down and do things that no average person would think is kind or, you know, in any way, quote unquote, would you would say normal? He displayed that he had absolutely no emotions. I would agree with you. Something that Web and D makes sure to mention is that not all psycho and sociopaths are violent. So that is also something to, to take home. Yes, and that's very true because actually for the most part, most of them are not violent. Psychopaths. You know how we we always hear the statistic that psychopaths are like CEOs, right? That is psychopaths, not sociopaths. And this is very an an important message to take home. Um, There is a really, really big difference between the two. Psychopaths are generally, again, something that I mentioned, they are born that way. It's a genetic predisposition. However, that is not to say that they did not have somewhat of a hard upbringing. They can have a hard time being brought up, they can be exposed to to a little bit of aggression early on in their life, but they still had that genetic predisposition and and obviously we can't be running tests on everybody that we're talking about, so how do we know? Well psychopaths do not identify with real emotional attachments with others they form artificial and shallow relationships and they are all of their relationships are for them to get ahead which is a little bit narcissistic we do see psycho and sociopaths to be a little bit narcissistic and they rarely feel any sense of guilt regarding any of their behaviors so they can hurt people and not feel anything about it they also are charming and trustworthy. Sociopaths are not charming or trustworthy. Because just... Worthy. Yes. Psychopaths are more calculated. They know what they're doing a little bit more than a sociopath does. They have families and they are seemingly loving, in loving relationships with, with a partner. They tend to be well educated. And they also... They get ahead of life. They, they get stuff accomplished. And then when they do engage in criminal behavior, they do tend to do so with, the, with minimizing the risk to themselves. So a psychopath is less likely to, to have a sloppy killing. They will carefully plan their criminal activity to make sure they do not get caught. And they will plan it ahead. They will make sure that they have great alibi. They'll make sure that every, like, every loose end of their lie is not loose anymore. Now, if you want to get to psycho- sociopaths, sociopaths are, are a result of environmental factors. All of this is according to psychcentral.com. So when they were children or teens, they had such negative household and upbringing of physical abuse, emotional abuse, and childhood trauma that led to them to become impulsive and want to disassociate from their emotions. That led to them to see people as lesser than and to want to hurt people. In one degree or another, heart doesn't always have to be physical. Personally, I think the definitions are not quite clear yet because we can see both a bad childhood and like, predisposition genes interact with each other at the same time. Yes. And. Which, and then, what is that? A psychosocial path? So it's kind of like unclear to me. Yeah, let me get to t- finish the description for a sociopath. While they have difficulty forming attachments, remember these are people that are born like us. So while they can be so traumatized it is difficult to form an attachment it is more possible for them to, to form an attachment and more likely for them to form to form an attachment than a psychopath okay sociopaths do not hold down a long-term job they are not the CEOs they are not the successful people that we see every day that got ahead in life and when they do engage in a criminal behavior they do so in an impulsive and unplanned manner so while they may know "Mm, I'm gonna kill someone they don't really tie all those loose ends like a psychopath would they have little regard for risks or consequences of their actions and they are very emotional they get agitated and angered very easily which results in them having violent outbursts all right so Ted Bundy would be considered a psychopath even though he did almost become a lawyer Ted Bundy is a psychopath not a sociopath yes Ted Bundy is a psychopath because he almost became a lawyer well, it's also because I was reading this book about sociopaths. Mm-hmm. and Psycho or socio? In- sociopaths. Okay. It's about dedicated sociopaths and about the different kinds there are. Re- reading about four subcategories. And one included someone that's super successful, like being the CEO or, you know, a doctor or a lawyer. And then there's at the bottom of the subcategories is like someone that doesn't have a job. And then holds on to somebody that's successful in order to survive. So that's why I was kind of confused. Yes. So something to note is psychopaths and sociopaths are both under the antisocial personality disorder. And they are both like 3% of the whole population. So, But it's actually more common than other mental illnesses. Fun fact. In fact according to this book i read it's actually one in 25 people can be considered a sociopath sociopaths are more common than psychopaths yes but they're under the same antisocial personality disorder so they're kind of represent the same population. yeah according to psych central they are both up to three percent of the population so they're not that high up there i'm not sure if yours is talking about like the u.s because i have heard the one in 20 25 um Thing. I, I saw it's that in, it's in the um, Shane Dawson documentary. Oh. Do you remember that? Everybody like lost it. <laughs> well, I didn't really watch that because I'm not a big fan of Jake Paul. <laughs> I knew people that didn't watch it are not a big fan of Jake Paul. Because it was kind of bashing him. That's true. He was successfully able to get into medical school at the University of Michigan, where he got in a scandal. He stole cadavers from the laboratory, burned and disfigured them, and then he got caught because he tried to to take out money out of the insurance policies he got for these dead people and collect the money. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm like that's that's really messed up. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Only someone that doesn't care. But nobody but himself would do that. Yeah. yeah in 1884 he finally um, passed his medical exams and moved to Chicago with, mm-hmm. he sure did <laughs> and he got a job at a pharmacy and from my personal experience I can tell you that's a hard job <laughs> um, but there is where he changed his name into H.H. H. Holmes mm-hmm. however you know mysteriously the drugstore owner passed away and he was able to convince his wife to sell him the store and then later guess what the widow ended up missing too and i call it none of these people that were supposedly mi- like moved away or, you know, passed away, were never seen again, and they were, this was never verified by the cops. So, there's, you know, allegedly, he killed all the people that, you know, moved away or, you know, went missing. Wow. Yes. That is insane. Yeah. I didn't know that he, that he might be in charge of killing those people. What I do know is... <laughs> He did confess to killing around 27 people. However, some of the people that he confessed to kill later came out to be alive. So we do see that there's a level of narcissism where he wanted to receive more credit and to be more infamous than he should have been, if that makes any sense. (laughs) He actually ended up getting linked to only nine of of the murders he confessed to. He was also executed by hanging, this was before too many people cared about capital punishment, <laughs> what year was he born in? He was born in 1861. 1861? Yes. Oh wow, um, so that was a while ago, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard about about the hotel, like the murder hotels, right? Have you heard about it before this? No I have not, but I did google it, <laughs> and they tore it down. i'm glad they did because a lot of people um a couple weeks ago i i mentioned shane dawson twice in this in this episode but a couple months ago shane dawson did do a very interesting mini documentary like mini video it was a video a 30 minute video where he talked about hotels and how and airbnbs and how they have these hidden cameras like everywhere You can buy a photo frame that has a hidden camera, you can buy a clock that has a hidden camera, you can buy a water bottle that has a hidden camera. It is actually really really scary and a lot of people got charged for it so guys be careful where you go for your airbnb or hotels because you might end up (laughs) either being watched or potentially like murdered or stalked it's scary or get your sex tapes leaked (laughs) or that like (laughs) that's kind of scary too yeah especially like what if you're like just out of the shower and there's a camera like walking on your way to the bedroom or something that's what i'm saying like who in their right mind because i when i was watching it i was like okay okay I'm just gonna not change in my room, but only change in the bathroom. But yeah, these cameras could literally be anywhere. I actually remember a long time ago watching this documentary on it. And I think it's called voyeurism or something like that. And this guy owned a motel and he had cameras hidden in it. And he had a little peephole from um, in the roof so he could go watch his clients that is so scary and something that was brought up in the documentary how not only like hotels because if you are somebody who has like a hotel or motel you need some sort of capital to start that but if you have a free room in your house you can do that as well because Airbnbs allow for the homeowners to have cameras in the common areas, except for the bedrooms and the bathrooms, as long as they're disclosed. But there, again, there could be hidden cameras. Do you know that there are cameras in smoke detectors? There are? No, there could be. Oh, there like can be. Camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> I always get so, it's so funny to me when Eileen has a very, like, exact, like, very, like, a reaction to anything. <laughs> I just find it so funny because you're usually very like, "Oh, that's scary," <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you're like, "Wait, there are." <laughs> I got um, a little scared. Yeah, you're really bad, and I don't blame you. It is—it's so scary because it's your privacy, and then with today's day and age and the iPhone, because you know how people say that your iPhones are being listened to. Mm-hmm. So then you you start to think maybe you don't have as much privacy as you ever thought you did yeah after technology was created um, privacy went down the hill do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing I think it's a bad thing I think it's a good thing why do you think it's a good thing I think it's a good thing cuz a lot of times when we talk about really old killers that are not identified they're not identified because there aren't cameras they're not identified because there wasn't that good of DNA evidence or DNA forensics or DNA testing so it leads me to think that the reason people get so caught so quickly nowadays is because of this technology that's not letting us breathe it's true but I don't know, I feel like it violates a lot of people's rights and it makes it more like we're more accessible to criminals now through our computers what do you mean by that? like somebody could hack into my laptop and log into my camera and see me like isn't the, that so scary that's yeah there was actually a video um going around about this person talking through this baby phone monitor to this like young girl. yes through the baby's it's called i think a ring or something like that something. Mm-hmm. and he was talking to the baby and i'm like oh i'm getting chills right now like that is freaking scary like i don't we don't need that at all no we really don't. and then the father was saying how how he heard it, and then he called the company and the company was like, yeah, we don't know how long your camera's been hacked. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think technology is doing good for us in that sense. It's a good and a bad thing, just like everything else. yeah, honestly, just like everything else. back to HH to H. Holmes, Supreme's whole entire hotel. And named it... Let me find it in my notes. Named it His Murder Castle. It was a three-story building that was in Chicago. I can give the real address. On the on 63rd and Wallace Streets. And... Do you know where that is exactly? I think that's downtown. Okay. Let's Google it. We can do a vlog about that. I, that's what I was saying. We could do that. And I do know that they tore it down and they put a post office there, but it wasn't clear on where it was actually located. River North. What? Oh, I know which post office now. It's like the big one. There you go. That's your answer. Should we go? Yeah, I've actually. been, did We went. Oh wait, I didn't go with you. Did I go? I went with somebody to go get their passport there. I went to with get there, why? To get their passport. Yeah, that was not me. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think we should definitely go check it out. Stay tuned, you guys, for our next vlog where we are going to go visit the now... because it, it has since been taken down, but where it is. Yes. Hopefully, the quality will be a bit better. This time. And the reason that he built this hotel was because because he was targeting young female drifters searching for a new exciting life in the big city which is again so scary because these women are there's a level of naiveness to leave everything behind and come to Chicago or to Hollywood and have this dream of wanting to make it big and being so young do you agree with that? yeah and I think he's, he's taking advantage of that and to give you guys a perspective on how that hotel was seen in an article written in 1937 the chicago tribune described the hotel and said oh what a queer house it was in all america there was none other like it is its chimneys stuck out where chimneys should never stick out its stairways ended nowhere in particular winding passages brought the un initiated with a frightful jerk back to where they had started from. There were rooms that had no doors. There were doors that had no rooms. A mysterious house it was indeed. A crooked house. A reflex of the builder's own distorted mind. In that house occurred dark and eerie deeds. Reading that description is so scary. Yeah. He built the most, it's like a, have you seen Saw and how there's like a bunch of phases the victims have to go through? I have not, but I'm sure it's similar to that. (laughs) It was like crazy to me. And also, fun fact, he kept firing and hiring new construction crew so that nobody knew what was going on. Which is honestly very smart of him, of him on his end yeah. because I bet that if the police had one construction worker, they would go and ask him and they would get a pretty good understanding of how the house was constructed. But now that's not even an option given that he hired and fired so many people. So it would be kind of hard to track, especially if he does not want to cooperate with them. And I'm sure he didn't want to. But what really uh, gave me the chills was how there were doors that led to no rooms. And there were rooms that had no doors. Yeah, there was even, like, gas chambers. Think about that. Like, we can't even say that he built the hotel with any other intention but but to murder. Yeah, 100%. And I think that he did it so... His way of of wanting to kill people is so unique, if you think about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. He wanted to play with them. He really did. And a lot of his victims were both known and assumed. So there was a family that had believed to have been murdered there. They are believed to have been murdered. They're called the Pitzel family. And it is believed that they were murdered during the fall of 1894 you mentioned the whole cadaver and that insurance fraud scheme but i think he tried to use this family as a part of his insurance fraud scheme um yeah um so he made all his employees and anybody um working basically working there going there to or like living there because he did rent some of the places for long term he paid for their life insurance like they oh, that if once they did die or if they died um, he could collect the money but yeah so he had to be the be- beneficiary so that he would pay for it okay well I'm glad you you expanded on that so it is believed that he did use he did attempt to use the, the Pitzel family's Ben which was the father of the Pitzel family a part on as a former business partner on his insurance and he did so for the sole intention of murdering them so that he can get insurance money knocking Ben out and killing him by setting him on fire Oh my God. first of all how did he not get caught that's the real question That is a good question because after a while insurance companies are probably like we are sending too many checks to this guy Yeah <laughs> <laughs> something's a little off <laughs> they start sending him like direct deposits <laughs> every month you know the money keeps on flowing in or maybe the money was so big that he didn't need to do it every month maybe it was more of a once in a while thing and once he was running low on cash or low on money in general he he killed somebody no yeah but so many people went missing like it's like how did the police not like check it out you know, I, I don't have an answer for you. I wish I did. And I think a lot of people don't have an answer for you. Talking about the setting him on fire, killing somebody with fire is actually the most painful way to kill someone. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Also, drowning is a bad one too, but I guess fire is a little bit worse for sure. According to, I read this, (laughs) I remember when I was in 8th grade, I had to do a documentary on feminism, not a documentary, oh my god, we were saying a PowerPoint, and I talk about how women are strong, (laughs) and my, my speaking point on that was how the first most painful thing a human can experience is being burnt alive, and the second is childbirth. What? So if that didn't change from then until now, it is facts. Oh my god! Think about that. That definitely doesn't motivate me to have children. Yeah, because you want to get a, (laughs) you want to have a, uh, what is it called? A A surrogate? Yes, surrogate. Like this is what I think. My mom used to tell me how when she gave birth to me, that pain, like the amount of pain that she felt is what to, like instantly turned into this like love to me and i don't know if this makes makes any sense but i feel like there's like childbirth while it's so painful it's actually so beautiful that's what my mom said to me too and i would love to have a very natural birth and by ver- i was talking to somebody the other day about a very natural birth and they were saying how <laughs> they thought I wanted to give birth at home. I do not want to give birth at home. I just want to do it in a hospital without any painkillers. Oh my God, I don't know. God bless your soul, especially since you want to have seven kids. It, not all are gonna be um, mine. Okay. I'm gonna adopt five, so it's only two times. Okay, that's not fair bad. But... Yeah. I don't want to experience it at all. If that's the hope and dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just call I, it a day. I feel like I wouldn't be able to handle it, Yeah, you know? just like nine months and then that. No, <laughs> no, I genuinely don't think I'd be able to handle it either. That's why I say I hope because chances are I'm just going to be like give me all the painkillers that you have because I don't want to feel this. It's really scary. So back to H.H. H. Holmes and Murders. On July 15th, 1985, Alice and Nellie's bodies were found In a Toronto cellar But So Toronto is It's not that far from Chicago But it is you know far It's not next door So authorities later found Teeth and pieces of their Bones In Howard's belongings Which led them to link Alice and Nellie Nellie's murders to Howard H.H. Holmes that's pretty intense. Yes. What do you what do you think? I'm terrified of To be honest, I think he's one of the most fascinating serial killers because of how he was able to get away for it for so long. And the the fact that he built this whole castle to, you know, get his giggles and fulfill his fantasies. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't know how the law worked back then, but if, once again, if there was technology, Eileen, he would have gotten caught. That is true. Cause think about it, they would want to do a Google photos from the inside of the hotel. For Google Maps, for example. No, seriously, how what is he going to take pictures of? His cadaver room? He can't do that. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> And also they could GPS drag him. Probably. He would for sure have gotten caught. Because also the insurance people would be more on track of their stuff. That is true because it's no longer just papers. It's on computer. And then if they receive like 10 calls from H.H. Holmes, they're going to be like, hold up, you guys. Something's up. He's getting too much money from too many people. He doesn't even know that well. But then again, like, if I were to be working at an insurance company and somebody were to call a lot, my first instincts would be like, oh my God, poor them. Everybody they know is dying. Rather than, oh, they murdered someone. They're murdering all these people. I would personally be suspicious because it's actually like, I think it's pretty well known that if you buy uh, life insurance for someone else, it's because you're trying to collect money for their death and it happens a lot it's not just H.H. H. Holmes who tried to, to do that I want because something that's scary about serial killers is that they commit crimes without motive like their motive is selfish it's not that that person has cheated on them or that they're receiving money from it so I wonder if H.H. H. Holmes crimes would be a little different due to the fact that he was hoping to gain financial income based on them there was therefore it was giving him a sense of a benefit yeah I don't think I think it was mainly for him just to get out his sick fantasies because he was pretty well set like he wasn't doing bad with his business so he didn't really have to collect people's insurances for the most part yeah well (laughs) it's definitely a lot to think about but thank you guys so much for tuning in stay safe